Welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where we are reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and uncovering and healing ancestral patterns so we can powerfully create our own well-being, our lives, families, community, and our soul businesses. Hi, everyone. I'm Vanessa Codorniu. I'm the creator of this blogcast, the Biz Bruja herself, a modern-day bruja, a priestess, a fourth-generation psychic medium. I'm a bilingual Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16 and became a professional intuitive at 22. And I now guide creatives, leaders, intuitives, and healers to break through fears, release ancestral patterns, tap into sacred medicina, and the practical power of our intuition so we can serve the world with our sacred gifts. I'm a healer of healers, a teacher of teachers, and where psychics and leaders come to develop and thrive. It's been a deep honor to hold space for the next generation, and I look forward to guiding even more as I continue to share my online school, the School of the Soul Artes. I've taught my nine-month programs, such as the Urban Priestess Mastery, Awaken Soul Biz, Intuitive Leverage, my eight-week intuition boot camp, and Vida Alineada in Español for the last decade. I'm literally one of New York City's best-kept secrets, with more than 10,000 psychic sessions, with hundreds of students in the U.S., Europe, Latin America, even Australia. As a Bruja Oracle, clinical hypnotherapist, astrologer, soulful business coach, and sacred circle holder, I'm not an elder yet, but I'm getting there. It's been decades of really stepping on this path, walking my talk, and now I'm going to the next stage owning and claiming my Bruja Queen, and I invite you all to own yours wherever you may be on the journey. Now, my sacred work, I've done a lot of one-on-one work. I've done groups. I've done online sessions. I've taught at retreats, at leadership centers, and leadership uh, conferences. I've even worked with kids and men for the last decades. I've especially worked with young women leaders in the last nine years, creating leadership circles around inclusivity, honoring and healing the sister wound, bullying, diversity, and valoring our own visions and voices. In short, this is my life's work, period. Now, I felt called to create the space for my own healing, for the healing of others, and for the cooperation towards a more collaborative and down-to-earth spirituality. In the last almost eight years I've been online, I've seen so much consumerism, appropriation, and even a whitewashing of sacred and ancient beliefs. This is all the rage now. My question becomes, how do we find a way to reclaim our own practices? How do we honor our own pathways, our own intuition, without getting caught up in the outside world around us? And this is the exploration I've been on since I was a child. And that's the powerful space that I hold for my people. Now, I cannot wait to share some of these people that I've been speaking to on my podcast. I honestly call them my hermanas. As an immigrant who arrived in the United States, I've been straddling two languages, two culturas, different spiritualities, religious beliefs. I mean, really, many, many more. Because for any of us who are from Latin America, we're a mix of indigenous, European, African cultures, and many others. And if you're from New York or any big city... There's just so many culturas within culturas, right? I mean, we can say the same for our Asian brothers and sisters, our black brothers and sisters. There's so many layers of culture and understanding that we need to 
allow and create dialogue for. And so there's just so much here for all of us, so many layers. And so here we are, all of us at this intersection, straddling duality of being spiritual and being in a body of a particular race or culture and managing what that means in the world. Now we're all in this together. If you found this podcast, know that you're in the right place. Have patience with me because this is only my third episode and I'm just learning and developing. My heart's in the right place and I want to hold space for each and every one of us to continue to drop our cloaks of of invisibility and to claim our true sacred heritage. Now here we will speak what feels like truth, right? For everyone and my guests. And so I guess just wanted to remind us that my guests' opinions will not always reflect mine. And I want to hold space for the dialogue that includes many different opinions, right? Because otherwise life would be pretty boring if we didn't have different perspectives to explore and we didn't agree to disagree. So I'll be sharing many different perspectives over time and opinions and ways of being. Now for today's episode, I'm so, so excited to introduce Malata Sakic. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am so, so excited to be here with an incredible star sister, with my star teacher and mentor and just powerful colleague, Malata Sakic. Welcome, Malata. <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excited to, to uh, connect and be here. Yes. And I have to share with the audience, uh, <laughs> Malata is just like the real deal, heartfelt, powerhouse, foundational, and evolutionary sister that you want by your side, uh, no matter what you're dealing with. She's primarily known as an astrologer, a business astrologer, a financial astrologer, um, you know, a business mentor, a teacher, a guide. But I can say that by taking classes with you and receiving some of the wisdom that you've dropped with me, it's not only affected my business and my visibility, but it's also affected my love life. We were talking about that earlier. It's affected just uh, my own acceptance of all that I am. So Malata, mm-hmm. just welcoming you with open arms and so much love. And as we begin Thank today, you. we'd love to hear from you a little bit about you know, who you are and how you got started on this path and what makes you tick. Mm. <laughs> <Now> we're talking. <laughs> yes. So uh, thank you very much. It really, truly is an honor to be here. And um, maybe not, the audience cannot see now, but I'm sending a big, big hug here. And uh, Vanessa, and uh, so really, really excited to really be here sharing my heart and, um, and um, really what has brought me to to this point uh, in my life as well and uh, and I understand we're going to chat about uh, uh, 2020 a little bit as well so so thank you for this warm welcome and uh, inviting me here so you know really it, it has been a journey which you know I'm sure for many of us for you as well and I you know huge huge appreciation uh, for you as well and really uh, lots of love back to you as well and I find you know we have several uh no not patterns but really elements i feel of of our life story that really yes. resonate in, in in many ways which really is not a surprise so i can really say that astrology has been my life really i've been living and breeding astrology 
in, in many ways. It has been a journey since I've been really, really young. Um, I started with uh, reading tarot and numerology fairly young. I was, I remember my grandmother um, encouraging me in very specific ways, my mother um, as well. And then when I would go for a, um, you know, like a summer vacation and summer holidays, uh, which I did not even realize at the time. Um, and she was a psychic and pretty much women would come to her for advice and uh, basically like she would read all kinds of things like from coffee um, you know to even like beans and you know use her own um, psychic gift and you know she would cook food and you know women would be constantly like in and out it was pretty much like a community um, I didn't really obviously Canada? I was, was yeah. this in Canada or was this in Canada this was in Croatia so I'm originally from Bosnia um, Sarajevo, Bosnia. So this is the ex-Yugoslavia, one of the countries of when Yugoslavia um, basically separated in all of the different um, states. So Croatia was closest to the, the Mediterranean Sea. So actually my maternal grandmother um, and, um, and with my grandfather, so they lived on an island in Croatia. And this is where I spend a lot of um, summer holidays. So I'm mentioning her even though I was named by my um, paternal grandmother, who was called Milada um, as well, because for some reason, my maternal grandmother has been constantly coming forth. And, and I've been really thinking a lot about even some of the things that in the past, I was um, not really fully understanding in terms of her own life, in terms of what she had to deal with, in terms of then what my mom had, you know, really pretty much had to obviously you know live through that as well and then how that's been um you could say really brought forward through our lineage as well and so i've been singing a lot so when you say you know what basically has been uh, on my mind and heart as of late i've been singing a lot and um and it's been so i've i haven't listened to the actual like music on my I think we even uh, like removed for some reason, we put it in a different room because I haven't been listening to any other like CDs or DVDs or whatever, right? Um, iTunes. And so anytime I start singing, it's like literally I can, in that moment, it's been like on a daily basis, my grandmother has been coming through very strongly. So, mm -hmm. so it's been pretty much diving into the world of astrology and, you know, the cosmic cycles and obviously doing a lot of teaching and, you know, there's a lot of content creation and then weekly support and um, um, that really is really the core of my life. I mean, my family is a big part of that um, here with, um, with my husband. Our son actually um, is, um, lives with us uh, probably for maybe a little longer. And um, we'll see, he's already uh, 25. And um, um, I have a uh, almost 24-year-old daughter as well. Um, so she's it's just Sagittarius. <laughs> so she's, she's been on her own actually with her boyfriend and um, uh, pretty much following her own um, goals and just recently graduated with a diploma in criminal justice. And so family has been a big, big part of, um, um, you know, really, really keeping close with uh, really what really, really matters the most to me. And yet, um, you know, in many ways, it's, um, it's been about also discovering who I am and, and then also healing the layers because I realized how important, you know, my own healing, and I didn't really get that fully, how important my own healing journey and really, truly 
understanding, right? Some of these things that we've inherited from our moms and grandmothers, some of these patterns, how if I don't begin to understand and shift that, how I am effectively basically right passing that on to my, you know, my daughter and, and potentially my son as well. And then, you know, uh, grandkids by, by doing that. So I'm so glad so that you brought that up myself. And yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's like at the core of a lot of the work that I know you do that I do where we get to that. What is it that we're passing on? What is our sacred gift, right? What, how do we contribute? How do we heal? How do we release? And in your journey, what are some like ancestral challenges that you've had and what are, let's say some ancestral gifts. You already shared some about your psychic grandmother and the cooking and the women and the sharing and the astrology and all that support, which is really beautiful. I was also supported by my family to learn things, not to take it out into the world, mind you, right? Like learn it, you could be private about it. But one of the things that I did was break through those barriers of, ooh, be careful, you don't wanna get out there. And so what are some of your challenges and, and ways that you've embraced your gifts and your healing? So thank you. Yeah, it's been a journey and I didn't, you know, this would have been even more recently the last two, three years. I want to say since, probably since the Me Too, um, that was transformational for me in many, many ways uh, in terms of just really coming to terms in terms of um, how at some point, even though if we have had traumatic childhood or if we have lived through a war um, that, you know, it took us 20 years, you know, talking about myself to even begin to even comprehend as to why and what and and talk about that, you know, we have to find our own way to speak up. And yet, at the same time, to really deeply understand the, the patterns that are being that we're working through, because we can, you know, talk about trauma, or we can talk about, you know, the grandparents and what they've lived through, but it really there is a common thread. So one of the, um, you know, there are several of them, but what I've identified and really sub, sub, what I've been <laughs> as consciously as I could, been working through is realization that martyrdom has been a uh, hugely, hugely um, impacting. I know, especially again, my maternal uh, grandmother. I want to say paternal as well. I mean, they were both very creative. They were interesting enough, both dressmakers, uh, but the maternal um, and they were known for that as well. But the maternal grandmother started working when she was 11 years old. She was literally sent away from her home, from this island, to this uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, a larger, bigger city, um, like three hours away from home, you know, where you had to travel with a ferry. And she was always the shortest as well. And so she would basically was sent away from home to work and um, with, you know, as a nanny and a babysitter at 11 years old. Wow. Where she would... Um, it's just a story. This is, I'm sharing this because this is a story that really got me to many times. I come back to that and then see, oh, you know, this is how the workaholic attitude, right? Or that, you know, that pattern, right? How that's been coming through as much as I've tried to um, say, oh, maybe I'm not a workaholic, you know, like the family is important and, you know, everything else, work-life balance. But really the truth of the matter is for 16 years working in a corporate Canada here, um, you know, I would, was pretty, pretty focused on uh, making sure that I, you know, produce the best work, that I prove myself as much as I can, you know, help as many people as you can. To a burnout later, still kicking and screaming, uh, you know, back in 2010, even to 2012, I still wasn't 
coming to terms to the fact that I am going to have to make a change professionally that may I may not wait until I'm 65 to follow my passion full time because at that point it really seemed like I was going to be um, you know just doing like astrology was going to be like a side thing right like I, I know many of many of us have either started that way or maybe some people are still feeling like that that's the way and that's really how truly I thought you know with my Virgo rising and Taurus sun and wherever else was <laughs> going on there um, that I that was the best way to provide for my family um, you know stay in the corporate until I retired and then maybe maybe then right we'll see what happens <laughs> if I still have energy I will do my spiritual work but the universe obviously had a different plan so Again, I had to come to terms to some of these patterns. To me, it wasn't so much about contemplation. Um, I wish <laughs> that I could get to this understanding by contemplation. A lot of it, you know, comes sort of in retrospect is realizing that um, being driven is great. Um, but are we really living in alignment with our purpose? Like, is that really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Right? Like, if I, you know, I had one burnout, um, uh 2002 and then 2012 like how many burnouts do i need to have to really say i mean it was so bad yeah. <laughs> like it really emotionally and you know in many ways uh impacted me that it takes a time. lot for Taurus to burn out exactly. might i add it does take a yes. lot for Taurus to burn out it was like a decade yes that is absolutely true so it took a while to realize that there was you know certain things needed to shift that you know i can trying to create a relationship crisis or some some sort of other crisis in avoidance of right or health crisis right in avoidance of actually saying bubblata like do you really think you can this is what you're meant to do for the rest of your life as helpful as you are as impactful as you have been um as i grew into you know from operations to or customer service to then managing human resources which was like the closest to what I could find, right, in corporate, um, that basically is, you know, to the work that I'm doing right now, helping people to develop and, um, you know, coach them and so on and so forth. Um, but, uh, you know, you get to the point where, again, you're gonna get signs and yeah. you're gonna realize that there is a bigger path than we, we may really be allowing ourselves. And so understanding what these patterns that we're, um, that are really, you know, transmitted through generations and, and then realizing perhaps the box needs to stop with me on some level to the best of our ability, right? So that I don't need to be a martyr, right? To the work. I don't need, need to be a martyr to my family. I don't need to Amen. be a martyr to, um, you know, even my, my calling, children, my calling, like, my children, you could be exactly. a martyr to anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your dream. And, um, exactly. So, and then even if, but if the pattern is because the patterns I've learned are helpful, yes. you know, they want to help us. They want to, there is, there is a huge gift that is such as, you know, the gift of empathy, the gift of, you know, even um, really just a deeper, deeper relationship with life and, and even um, deeper desire to help women. They're there to help us. It's just that, how are we going to work with that and how consciously um, it really yeah. makes a difference. And how to put that in service of really getting as close to our alignment with our purpose as we can. 
I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And we're definitely, for anybody who's listening, dropping in, uh, we're definitely going to talk about 2020 because we are actually recording this on the full moon in Gemini, the last full moon of the year. Yes, so yes. it's an exciting time and it was done on purpose. And I want to just ask you, it just came to me right now. So humor me if you can. And I know that astrology is multi-layered, but if somebody who's, let's say, curious about astrology were to look at their chart in general, where in general, and I know, again, it's multi-layered, well, we'd find like ancestral patterns, like, you know, or just in, a, in our chart. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, great question. <laughs> just in general. And I know so, it's probably many different. The, yeah. No, there are, I mean, there are some, and I've been spending a bit of time, especially in the last two, three years, really looking at that as well and how helpful it is. Um, so the moon is very important because it is uh, connected to, um, really that closest i would say to the energy of our soul i mean it's multifaceted right we are there are multiple soul expressions that we are really bringing forth in this lifetime obviously it, it could be different you know from lifetime to lifetime but the really that frequency the vibration of that lunar energy right of our moon sign but obviously it's not just the moon sign right because there will be modifiers to that based on the house it is in based on any aspects that the moon makes but it's from a fundamental perspective, um, important to understand um, because that particular, if you like, ancestral, the pattern, the ancestral pattern that's connected with the moon sign, so if you just look at the sign to simplify, yeah. is closely, probably the close, the most closely connected to our own emotional well-being yes. and our own needs, our own core needs, that if we don't meet those needs, as we grow up, right? Um, because it points to potentially any of those unmet needs. And, you know, most of us have had them one way or the other, even if we had the most perfect childhood. And I oftentimes will talk about this, how, you know, it's going to depend on um, the nurturing needs of our parents and, you know, their own sun and the moon, because we tend to nurture people in our life, including our kids, including our even, you know, anybody that, you know, that we are a guardian of, right? Um, including uh, even our partners, right? Even, even we basically share this even with our clients and so on and so forth, pretty much anybody that we would have that more of a, um, you could say familial relationship with, or even some sort of nurturing, right? Where we're holding space. Um, we tend to nurture others based on our own moon sign, or we yeah. tend to hold space or really, you know, process emotional, um, process emotions based on our moon sign, but people really need to be nurtured based on their own moon sign. Yes. Yeah. So understanding that if I have, if I'm an Aquarius moon, right, so really freedom, very freedom oriented, I need spaciousness, you know, in order to, uh, I need time and space to process emotions. And then if I am nurtured by somebody who right? If, if, if my family loves to huddle or if my parents or grandparents like, you know, tell me everything. And it's, it wasn't necessarily the case, but it can be problematic if we don't understand our own needs, right? Yeah. Now the fourth house also plays very importantly um, in a different context, the fourth house, the energy of the fourth house when it comes to ancestral patterns. And then also um, uh, Pluto, interesting enough, also yeah. Um, and even you could say more collectively. Um, so the, the ancestral pattern that's actually relevant for our generation. Wow. Um, 
although important to keep in mind that it's still our moon is so fundamental and even you know the fourth house when we know our time of, of birth um important because the fourth house really is the key to our inner being i know it's the home and family and all of that good stuff that it represents in astrology but to me it really is the really multi-layered connection to our inner being and really our ancestral self which is the you know the the multi-dimensional past self and then also the ancestral um gifts and um and patterns and really the energies right that have supported us through gener through really lifetimes generations and then if there are any planets in the fourth house it will also uh show us give us more information to that and obviously the moon moon aspects too i, so. I love that what we're saying and i love and thank you because you know we didn't talk about what i was that i was going to ask you that question but when you said that i remember being little and opening up well little ish you know i was 13 and opening up an astrology book and for my moon in gemini it says if you can talk about it you're okay like and i was like oh my god that's so me because i feel like if i can talk about it if i can talk and you know when we were talking about trauma we were talking about you know you lived through war i've lived through other different wars you know we've all lived through our challenges when we're not allowed to use our voice it'll affect our moon all very differently and i know for me i had to always kind of yeah. be like no i'm going to step up and speak and my moon being in the 12th house i think that at first like i had all this depth going on inside of me all this richness and past lives and coming up in my dreams as a kid and people out of the body and all this stuff and i was like oh can i share all this and I felt that in order for my health, like you said, in order for us to tend to our health, we have to fulfill the needs mm -hmm. of our moon, that I had to find a way to be able to communicate the soul, communicate the yes. higher self to the world, come out of that 12th house to share it somehow, you know, in the 10th house, right, with the North Node in Pisces. But I had yeah. to find a way. I was not going to be happy not being able to communicate that. I, I know that now. So I just wanted to share yeah. that with you. Yes. Yeah. And the fourth yeah, house. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. So the emotional, the emotional, it really is because the, the moon, it's always the emotional well-being. And then the sign it is in also adds another layer. So it's really, like you said, right? So it's that the connection, right? With the, the really the mental um, creativity, right? The mental well-being. And then the understanding that how connected we are, if we cannot express, uh, you know, the, the emotions and, um, and our, uh, mind right so that if we cannot express our ideas when you have moon in gemini that you learned right is, is you know it's directly connected but at the same time it's served to uh really help you to to really speak up and express right. yourself and connect like your moon so, in aquarius so i did want to share that so thank you for giving us these tidbits for anybody who's listening so this is where you can begin to scratch the surface of course i would love it if you actually look melana up and take some of our courses because um and i'm not you know i'm actually not um a partner or anything it's just uh, in terms of getting any money back from sharing her work but i'm sharing her work authentically because even for me, someone who's been reading and studying and doing things on my own, like you've added a whole nother dimension and the way that you share is from a very grounded perspective of the here and now, right? Because I find sometimes there's a lot of astrologers that are so out there. I mean, everybody has their way. But for me, somebody who's so out there all the time in the fifth dimension, well, how do I apply this wisdom now so I can live a better life now? right? In my evolutionary space, wherever I am right now. So I find that yeah. you are someone who meets people where they're at and then 
continues to support their evolutions. Thank you. So, Milana, I my heart to yours. (laughs) Yes. So, I would love to hear um, what is coming up for us in 2020. And I know, no, we don't have a ton of time. Um, We do have some time, though. But I would love to just let you flow with whatever you feel like sharing. You know what's happening for us in terms of, I don't know. The, the the place of healers, the place of intuition, financial evolutionary anything that comes to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it um, is. Thank you very much, and um, um, and once again, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to now tap into also, um, as you know, and I know we both operate that way as much as there is a lot of information that's already available, right? That I've already sort of you know, been privy to any time that I am sharing also in a particular format, there is always a specific way, right? Or a specific energy that's asking to come through. So it is, um, a, it's going to be a powerful year. And I know of if you have listened to any of the astrology blogs and podcasts out there, right? You already are uh, familiar with the uh, with the fact that, and we can see that also sociopolitically and also really in terms of these massive, massive shifts that are happening, not just even, you know, in the, on the North America, but really around the globe, right? From China, Hong Kong to, um, you know, in elsewhere. And so we have three major cycles that are playing out and pretty much, you know, when, when we say cycles, that means it's a start of a cycle. So th- there are alignments of two big players um, for each of those conjunctions that are playing out in 2020, literally from January 2020, when we have uh, Saturn and Pluto conjunction, to then um, uh, Jupiter and Pluto conjunction um, in um, uh, May, and, um, and then we have um, uh, Jupiter and Saturn conjunction at the very end, pretty much right on. Um, the solstice on December 21st, which is going to be very significant, really all three significant in a different ways. So whenever we have these big conjunctions, which are basically start of a new larger cycle that does not happen every year. So let's see Jupiter, Saturn, every 20 years, um, Saturn, Pluto conjunction is basically almost every like 30, 37 to, to 40 years. So we're saying this, these are big, big shifts. When you have three of them in one year, we know that we need to pay extra attention. We know that more will be asked of us. And then in addition to that, a big, you know, a lot of, a lot of focus on um, Capricorn. And in fact, um, you know, from astrology of wholeness perspective that I've been increasingly guided in the last uh, couple of years, especially to really bring through, it really is the cancer Capricorn polarity, which is interesting because it brings back to that part of you know that martyrdom pattern the ancestral pattern that i talked about or even ancestral patterns um right to overall to really bring awareness to that which is a really huge huge part of the work you're doing vanessa which i love you so much for and i know how huge your mission um is is with that is super aligned with the energy of 2020 um but it really is an understanding of how, you know, based on our relationship, as I would say, or, you know, we can say really based on where that Capricorn is going to be in our chart or where that Cancer is going to be because the eclipses, that's another part. We're going to have three big major cycles. In addition to that, we're going to have not two, but three eclipse seasons 
as well in the big, you know, December, January, like literally coming up, December 26th, and then January 10th, then mid-year in June, and then uh, we're going to have another um, eclipse season at the end. So it's like three big cycles, three eclipse seasons, um, and then we have this mega conjunction uh, in Capricorn in January. So a big, you know, when we talk about, interestingly enough, like workaholic, right, pattern right. or the martyrdom, that really is the Cancer Capricorn polarity. Right. So it's going to depend on our own cosmic design, really. Uh, and I'll, I'll share a little bit about how this, you know, we can work with this and how we can see this will show up for healers and creatives and really how they can work with that. But obviously, we want to keep in mind that it is going to depend on how um, emphasize that Capricorn energy is in our chart or even Saturn or if we're more lunar, right? If we need a little bit more of that um, familial connection and safety and, and so on and so forth. So the bottom line, because there's a lot of Capricorn energy, but there is a North node in Cancer, we know that the balance we need to be aware of is like self-care needs to be a place and it actually needs to lead the way because the South node is in Capricorn along with another four or five planets come January. Mm -hmm. um, and then the two right of the major of these cycles in 2020 are going to be in Capricorn. So we know that, it, and it's late Capricorn. So that's going to be a big, big, again, focus on really helping us to really see where we are, where we, again, depending if we're more Neptunian, right? So if we're really like, a, you could say very healy feely, right? Very like, oh, I just need a flow and, you know, Piscean or Neptunian. And that's really what we are overly, if you like, very, very attached to. And it's like, don't tell me about the goals. Don't tell me about structure, Right. Again, yeah. depending on where we are on that, obviously nobody's, you know, ex completely on the extreme. We could be on a different day, on a different, um, you know, polarity. But um, that emphasis on, if you like, structure, and um, I want to say from a business perspective, operations, that's going to be really the invitation, but also understanding where we could be a little bit maybe too much focused on um, needing things to be, you know, very pragmatic or maybe a little bit too um, certain. That's, those are some of the shadow expressions of, of Capricorn. Now, from a big, from a sociopolitical perspective, um, it goes much, much deeper than that because these cycles very much impact us um, collectively. Um, and that's, you know, in terms of really dismantling of the systems in society that really are, can no longer be sustained, where there are some structural changes necessary. Really, there are major, major structural issues that we could try and plug up those holes, right? Whether it's in the government, whether it's in the education system, whether it's in the economy, right? And the spending and all of the stuff that they're just probably in 2020, they're going to have to realize, okay, we cannot keep printing money or we cannot keep just, you know, extending our budgets and so on and so forth. So fiscal responsibility, right? Um, and um, importantly, as you know, I've been referring to it as the age of accountability basically peaks in January. Yeah. It started with Saturn entering uh, Capricorn late 20, uh, 2017, but really now is that peak. So collectively, we can already see how it's like really timed, right? Um, with what's happening out there, but it's not just going to be, it's not just about Trump's impeachment or even what's happening in China and then elsewhere. 
how is this going to be relevant in our own businesses and our own lives is going to ask from us, right? That if let's say the, the previous year, if it's been all about, oh, I need to have a big vision and I need to have the big goals, just go, 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 right? Just like how we've been expecting the economy to continue another 10 years, kind of growing, growing, growing. It's changes, the sentiment changes from that um, exuberant optimism in terms of go, go, go growth, you know, don't worry about, you know, how it's impacting the environment. Don't worry about how, you know, that's just not going to uh, work. So, but having said that, it's also going to be relevant for in our own, you, you, you know, for healers and creatives that have been like, oh, it's okay, we'll just go and, you know, flow and we'll just, um, you know, don't worry about the structure, don't worry about the operations, you know, don't, you know, you don't need to have um, all of these things as precise, like that, I suspect, is going to shift, and I want to see it in a major way. Now, of course, we still need ease and grace and flow. As healers and creatives, that level of consciousness is very available to us, right? Yes. We need, we, we, we have really a very active <laughs> access to that um, spiritual world, and so we need, this is where we, you know, we need to stay plugged into that. So you could say for, for healers and creatives, it really is going to be an important time to understand where do we need to lean more into that Saturnian 3D, um, let's get real <laughs> here and let's set realistic goals as well, rather than, oh, let's just double, triple, and then, you know, let's just go for it. Because that can also be defeating um, in yeah. a year of realistic growth when jupiter is in capricorn where by the way it's not it's most you know uh the territory that very much is um all about go 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 and expansion 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 you know it really serves us to work with that energy and say okay what does how does how can i really introduce this into my work into my marketing what is this going to mean for um you know my spending you know any expansion that i am planning or even potentially, you know, not overreaching myself this year, but at the same time where we do need to lean into um, more of a results-oriented approach, right? Where we do need to actually care a little bit more about, um, okay, can the structure of my business, right? And so whatever that, because there are multiple layers to that, the foundation, the foundational structure in my business, if my you know, revenue would to double, or even if it remains where it is, right? Can I, is it sustainable? Right. So, Thank yeah. you. And everything that you're sharing, I loved everything that you shared. I'm going to listen to it again and I'm here nodding. So this image came to me as you were sharing this. It felt like it was this old time cartoon in my mind where this little kid was like, yeah, I'm going to school. I'm going to school. But he has like the little notebooks that are wrapped with the, with like the elastic. It's like really old timey. Right. But instead of going to school, he was hanging out by the pond, shooting stones, you know, hanging out. And then now forget it. Jupiter just moved in. It's Capricorn and he gets caught. He gets, he gets spanked. And now he has to go to school and do what he has to do. I don't know. This kind of like cartoon image just jumped, jumped into my head. And I feel that yeah. that's, Kind of what's going to happen with, um, if you don't mind my sharing, like what came for me through me, is um, what's going to happen with healers who have been to, oh, but you know, I just got to love and like, 
God's going to bring everything and my angels, but yes, angels are opening doors. Yes. God is bringing to you and yes, you deserve it. And then what, how do you follow through? If you don't have a container for people to yeah. come through, if you don't have a system that catches the people, then you're not going to be able to reach the people in the email because you're one human and you sleep and have a life. So all of these things about, we can't just chill in Nirvana all the time. There's also, well, let's handle school so then we can go and hang out, right? That's kind of like the, the yeah. whole cartoon that just... You got it. Yeah, there's that's, just... That's exactly <laughs> it. And, um, and, um, and then at the same time with the, with the, you know, part of that is also just understanding that we're going to have to balance that out with taking care of our basic needs, you know, and do we have the... Um, the inner circle also that supports us in on that journey you know part of that is also going to be yeah making sure that our not just even the basic needs but really the deeper emotional needs are part of that also yeah. so if I'm setting the goal um, you know whether it's achievable whether it's a stretch goal for 2020 that you know I'm really clear how do I want to feel when I achieve that and then even maybe not wait until you know, December 2020, as if I, you know, that all needs to all just be manifested by then, we can, let's cultivate that emotional well-being, let's cultivate that desired state of being. Um, and, and I feel like right now, and I feel like that's what the, it's a bit of a paradox, because it's like that North Node in Cancer, which typically we would very much pay attention to and say, you know, we gotta lean into that more. Um, but with all of the focus in um, Capricorn, so it really, Capricorn is also about tradition and past. And really both, this whole polarity is about looking, you know, into the past and then sometimes in its shadow expression, it's overly attached to that. Um, but at the same time, also realizing the gift of Capricorn is saying, okay, well, there are some lasting values. There may be some traditional values that including, right, some of the, again, what we've either, you know, we're bringing forth into this lifetime through the lifetimes, lifetimes of learning, or even through what we've really learned through our own upbringing and our culture. So in part, in part, that's also going to be important for healers, creatives, and even other folks to honor. Because if we try and not, because really honor that, you know, we call that a conservative principle because it really is the principle of structure and crystallization. And so, yes, in our society, it has been um, a lot um, worked with by, say, the conservative forces in, in our society, right? Without getting into the political um, sort of <laughs> perspective on that, but it's unavoidable. Um, and it's important to note that because if we try and say, oh, it's the conservatives are doing it and it's just, they, sh you know, um, if we completely project that onto somebody else, then the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that's really asking that we go deeper and really see where do we need to honor some of, again, really what has worked really well, what we, you know, things that have been, tr you know, tried and tested that are true. Um, and, you know, this is in part also honoring our own tradition, and getting back to that and where we have been in avoidance of doing that, um, we need to tap into that to, to a degree because if we don't do that, then because of the energies that are at play, then what happens is that then the conservative force in the society all of a sudden feel empowered to bring some, I don't know, draconian laws or something, you know, hopefully not, but that's, I'm just kind of using the extreme yes. of, so 
you know, we need to sort of work with that to the degree that, you know, that in, in a way that it makes sense to us. But importantly, what I feel like is the, probably the, maybe the most important is also recognizing um, the, the repressed misogyny that's really present and not to even just say again, oh, it's the whomever, you know, other people. This is relevant to all of us. It's the structure all... of our world. So yeah. it's been internal. This is very, very much because that wherever we, you know, it in some level, again, if we have that Cancer Capricorn emphasized in our chart, either by uh, it's on the angles or let's say ascendant or even midheaven, if we have a personal planet, if we have even, let's say, maybe we may have three planets in Cancer and we're like, oh, that's fine. I'll, well, very much it really always brings that polarity into play so why this is important um, and also coming back to healers and creatives and then i'll summarize with that is that we may think that as empaths that you know people who hate who are like extreme right in uh resentment or you know anti this anti or you know hateful that that's again happening it's like other people well that's Saturn Pluto really is going to bring, that's going to have, we're going to have to go deeper. Like, are you sure that's other people? Because resentment is one of the emotions, right? And it's shadow expression. You could say, um, we're going to really have to do really dig deeper and recognize where it's showing up. It's like our grumpy self, basically. <laughs> yes. so if you're noticing the grumpy self showing up at whatever level where it doesn't feel you know, like you anymore, or it's just in some way doesn't feel like you want to hold on to that. We need to be willing to look at that because empaths, right, which is very much connected with the with the cancer archetype. Again, it's on that polarity where we need to be reckoned because again, if we don't, because Capricorn is about setting boundaries. So if, as empaths, if we don't set the structure, but it's also healthy boundaries. If we yeah. don't set boundaries, um, what happens, right? We need to recognize that and realizing where we really need to shift that really set better boundaries, but also not completely shield ourselves from external experiences as if it's like, oh, I just need to get, because I'm hearing some people say, oh my God, 2020, just, you know, focus on, you know, um, yourself and your family and, and so on and so forth. Yes, we're going we're gonna to have to focus on our own needs. We're going to have to focus on our family we're going to have to focus on our um, roots as well as how uh, both our needs and boundaries really forever work together. And then deciding where we need to lean into one or the other, depending on um, what it is, you know, where our business is and what we're creating really, and what we want to be releasing and healing in 2020. Oh, this is so powerful. I love this. I love this. So Milano, where can we find you? Where can people find you to, to connect with you, get a session, um, just do this beautiful work with you? Yay. Yes. <laughs> so my website is miladasaki.com. I have, uh, I think, pretty much a basic page there where you can uh, check out a little bit. I, it's been in process as I've uh, launched a new uh, web page there um, a few months ago. So I'll be adding more material and I will be um, activating a blog, hopefully, fingers crossed, in the sure. coming months, most definitely 2020. Um, and um, mostly most accessible and present as it's just really worked really, really well for me. And I just love connecting with my community there and clients and, and really wider community as well as on Facebook. 
So if you find me on Facebook, um, both my personal page, so Milada Sakik, and um, I have a business page as well. And there may be content variations to that that I'm going to be um, sharing and doing a little bit differently in 2020. But th though really Facebook is the best way to um, get in touch and feel free to message me there. If um, you are interested to uh, connect, if you're interested in taking an astrology course, learning about who you are, knowing yourself, as I like to say, knowing yourself and then knowing your shadow, knowing really, um, you know, what's possible for you as well. And, um, and then um, there will, you, I will be posting there also other ways that I'm going to be um, amplifying my own really uh, platform, um, hopefully YouTube as well and um, and beyond. Um, uh, so email, uh, I'm going to share. If you prefer email, you're welcome to email me um, at um, clientcare at miladasaki.com. Um, and then uh, once again, feel free to uh, connect uh, in social media as well. So thank you. Thank you, Milada. We'll have you back at some point to talk more deeply when we're in the muck of 2020 or flowing easily. <laughs> <laughs> to hear more about what happens in the next half of the year. So thank you so much for dropping some beautiful star wisdom and bringing your joy, your love, and your truth. And thank you everybody for listening. Please reach out to her. She's an amazing soul sister and wise woman. And we will connect here again. Thank you, Malata. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Vanessa and everyone. Big, big hugs and many blessings.